many things are required to make a film not suck. And you know, one piece alone is you know is typically not enough. But it's a great story, great cast, you know, great crew making it, and you know, chemistry. They all go into it. So we're trying to stack the deck. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we're chatting with Ben Grubbs and Jonathan Shambram from Creator Plus. Look, this is a platform for creators who want to make movies. Is it the next Netflix? Well, we're going to find out. But before we get into it, Freddie, we've got a new sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Trend Talk, an analytics app designed to help creators grow on TikTok. Let's get into it, Frederico. Let's get into it. All right, we're back. Creator Generation. This week we're joined by Jonathan Shambroom and Benjamin Grubbs from Creator Plus. Welcome, gents. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Thank you. Hey, I outsource these intros. Anyone who's listened to this knows this. So, Jonathan, I'll throw to you, let's go, what's Creator Plus, and then we'll dig into who, who you guys are. If, if anyone doesn't know who you are, then they, they're going to they're know, and they, they should know. Great. Um, Creator Plus, uh, we are a new film studio and streaming distribution platform for full feature films from today's top digital storytellers and creators. And... We have both of those elements, the content studio and a platform, which spans mobile, web, and connected TV. Uh, having both of those sides is important. It unlocks our offering. Um, for creators, we provide an opportunity to tell long-form stories, to make films. Uh, and we, do, uh, we offer that transactionally um, in the first window. So it's a PVOD uh, window for us um, with, with brand new model and economics. Um, we finance, produce, and then distribute and market the films with creators. And we're just getting started. We came out of Stealth and announced our fundraise um, in April. And I'm delighted to have partnered with Ben Grubbs. Um, and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're in the early days, and it's very exciting. Cool. I mean, there's some probably lingo and jargon in there that some people didn't didn't get, but that's okay. Like. We understand where you're coming from, and we'll talk more about that. But maybe Jonathan, like you know, quick intro on who you, who you are. What's your background? Like you didn't just come out, Johnny, come lately in this space. I guess is is fair to say. That, uh, I've been doing startups my whole career, my whole life. Um, this is my tenth tech startup, so it's uh, 25 years plus. And all of, I just I started, you know, early 90s uh, in San Francisco uh, doing tech startups. Um, which was just good fortune and great timing. And it was before the web existed. Uh, my first startup was in video games, and I just loved it. I love, I love elements of the tech startup, you know, a creative process in a technical environment for a business outcome. And I love the people that it attracts, and I most of all just like turning a vision and an idea into a reality and then you know, competing in the business place and you know, building a brand or a company and a product. And I've had great fortune mostly in working with amazing people and having been at great companies um, of my first eight companies the through line was consumer facing and innovating a new a new product or a new behavior mostly around entertainment and media social social networking uh, and, and online video um, and you know I've had Eight of those companies get acquired, which is, you know, a, a, a lot of good fortune and unusual, but not all of those were great outcomes. Some of them, you know, were very strong outcomes and some didn't turn into anything, even though it was an acquisition. So I've, I've seen it go all different directions. I've, I've, I've seen this movie before, to say, and 
Um, I, I keep doing it because I love it. I just I love the building phase and operating inside a startup. I did spend a few years on the VC side, on the investing side, uh, which I also like, but I, I prefer to operate um, and to build. And you know, mostly it's for working with great people, um, which again leads me to Ben. So you know, my my co-founder and partner, um, who is just a you know phenomenal person. Oh, well, as all great radio hosts would say, speaking of Ben, hey, hey Ben, how about you throw us a quick intro to you? You're, you're you know, like, who are you? Where, where do you come from? You've been been around for a, for a while in the creator space, obviously, as well. So, Yeah, so I, I, I grew up in the San Francisco area, uh, but but start, started my career after college in, in Singapore with, with Yahoo, uh, building out their video streaming business uh, across Southeast Asia, India, Australia, New Zealand back in 2001. Um, so dealing with online video and it's still in the dial-up age or broadband was like 128k so more of an enterprise play at that time than really kind of consumer um and since, since people actually weren't uh, it's just there wasn't what, what wide adoption i'd say of online video back back then uh had, had to sit with ebay leading marketing across asia um across southeast asia and hong kong and then turner broadcasting when it was in time warner leading their digital business uh, built out uh, you know, game studios, uh, so built games, published games, acquired uh, some titles on that front, and then came into Google in 2012, uh, led marketing for YouTube in Asia, focus on on the creator side, uh, so supply side of the, the platform, and evangelize, you know, and try to educate creators actually understanding that there was a, um, a prospect of a career, you know, being an online creator kind of on YouTube. Um, it had a stint with uh, emerging kind of verticals team built out the YouTube kids. Uh, so as part of that, that founding team, developing a lot of original content with creators, then moved back to the States in 2015 uh, with, with YouTube, had a global role managing the top creator partnerships team Did that for a few years and then spun out in 2018 uh, to focus on you know, incubating and building startups in this creator ecosystem. And then also, uh, investing and supporting a lot of early uh, pre-seed and seed stage companies and founders. Uh, then last year, you know, with with Creator Plus, you know, part, met and partnered with Jonathan to uh, you know, incubate and, and and build build this new company. So um, it's, it's been a f- fun journey, I'd say, over the last you know decade plus. You know, working with a lot of you know creative people and storytellers and helping them either from the platform side or in some cases pretty hands-on in, in their business building and. I think Creator Plus is a is a nice nice mixture, kind of a both of actually having that that tech platform play, but also the content studio where we actually have the people and the resources to you know, fill in those gaps that that some folks actually have, and when they have that like ambition, desire to you know to tell long form stories of their passion uh, or their passion project or their their real motivation drive is actually to be a filmmaker. You know, Creator Plus actually is now kind of set up to to further them in, the, in that journey. Yeah, awesome. So it's, I mean, it's pretty clear you guys have got pretty awesome creds in the space, both in, across the whole gamut, which is, you know, well, you guys would have figured that out pretty quickly, but it, I think we kind of make the case for anyone listening. Um, just to step it out in, in an um, idiot-proof way, maybe for me, or more for me rather than our smart listeners, but um, like, how, like how's it different to a, a st- like a, a traditional studio? Like what's the like what is there a core difference here yeah there, there are many differences across the board and, and yet of course there are similarities but um, 
we in our content studio we have traditional roles um you know because filmmaking is an art and it takes you know a team with you know a lot of specialized expertise uh but our whole approach i, I think you know reflects the the that values that Ben and I hold, which is to treat creators as equal partners. And we constructed this company with the studio and with the distribution platform. So we own the user experience, the tech stack of what the product is, how do people you know, consume the, the movie, so that we would have control and control over the cost structure, control over the economic model, and primarily, so we could treat those creators as equals, we give creators a 50-50 rev share on the back end. And I mentioned that we're financing the films ourselves. Um, so after our production budget and the marketing budget is recouped, we take that back off the top, but that's clearly defined, it's capped, it's transparent, one of the values of the company. And, and then we share 50-50 with the creator, you know, thereafter. And that's on the film revenue. It's on film-related merchandise. It could be on future, you know, derivative work. So, one, we're interested in building an IP franchise with the creator and giving them, you know, this tentpole opportunity. And as an equal partner, they have an upside in it that, you know, is somewhat unprecedented. And we also give the creator co-ownership of the audience, you know, and the IP, but the audience is something that, you know, creators have long wanted that direct access to an ownership of, and, you know, on other platforms that's rented and not owned, and on Creator Plus, they have direct ownership, can engage directly from our backend dashboard of stats and insights. They can engage directly with any cohort that they slice and dice themselves, but it's their relationship, you know, in addition to being ours. Um, and, and that has resonated very strongly with creators. And the last thing, you know, again, this is a unique, you know, quality for us, maybe different from some studios. The creator is in the driver's seat, you know, on the, on the creative. They're not treated as talent that's a cast member. We're not a brand sponsor that might have a strong agenda or message that we want to get out. We want creators to tell their passion projects and you know to engage their artistic talent um, as a filmmaker. And you know, again, our core belief is within the ranks of creators, there are there are select creators that have incredible talent, and we are betting on them as filmmakers. So. You know, the economics, the creative ownership, you know, owning the audience, um, you know, and working with us as a true partner, uh, we're, we're hoping that, that that will set us apart and that we can stand for that with creators. Um, I mean, one of the things that we've seen uh, with creators specifically is that often when they try to cross different into different formats, like, you know, they go out of a YouTube format or a specific way in which they create YouTube videos into something else, they often find difficulties because they're so used to working in a particular way. Um, have you got any thoughts around that or ways you're going to combat that if they're going to go into, you know, from effectively short form into very long form content? And, and the, the move from short form to long form and then actually the budgets that we're affording the creator, it actually allows for a larger team than they may have actually ever you know, had the ability to, to collaborate with. Um, and so I think on, on, on that front, there's going to be a lot more 
you know, resources both from Creator Plus, but also uh, the the production team and the and the crew that that's actually in partnership. And so it's not this expectation that they're doing this as a as a solo kind of journey. And I think in some cases, if you're kind of moving from YouTube into shorter form content on a platform like TikTok, it it still may just be it's it's the individual creator kind of by themselves, you know, kind of doing that. But I think that this this other path actually in the longer form. Um, it's it's definitely not going to be a solo effort. It's a team effort, and it's something that, that we're very mindful of, mm-hmm. not expecting that they have to go figure this out all on, on their own. But as Jonathan was kind of saying, with the resources that we put in place on the studio, how Creator Plus is actually uh, supporting that and filling in gaps where, where they may exist uh, to make sure we're kind of putting the best product forward for consumers. And on the other side of that, um, what about audience alignment? I mean, we've done you know events and programs before where you know creators were creating new formats that we're excited about, but, you know, bring the audience across to that new format could be difficult sometimes. How are you going to help establish uh, alignment with the audience? Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it's something that, that we've seen, you know, grow in prominence for the last uh, five, five years or so. It's become more and more kind of accepted, I think, both, you know, amongst creators actually who are involved in DTC commerce, uh, but also kind of consumers actually leaning in on, on that as well. And so I don't think there, there's not such a major leap. Uh, from some existing kind of DDC commerce that exists to then you know, what we're doing. I think one of the advantages that, that we would like to kind of say is like, some of the DDC commerce is really, it's a secondary product. The primary really is the content. That's what is the reason I think a lot of the consumers are kind of showing up and engaging. And so what we're looking at doing now is providing you know, an avenue for that, that, that passion project, that, that premium you know, content, but delivered in a, in a direct-to-consumer kind of means. Uh, and just as they're kind of using their video platforms and channels today to kind of drive off into some kind of DTC flow, uh, we're seeing a similar kind of opportunity actually in the Creator Plus. And DTC, just to translate, is direct-to-consumer just in case. If, if you guys want to play like the, the, the buzzword bingo, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down for it. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't want anyone just tuning out going, what the <laughs> hell is that? Um, or just nodding along i know fred was just nodding along going yeah i know what he's talking about hey no it's all good um and i guess like the, the you know this creator ownership um model like you know we we, we got in you know we, fred and i got into this game a, a while back six seven years ago because we were frustrated at like creators value not being realized like they were generally like bringing so much value and not extracting or capitalizing on the value they're bringing and we're sort of like well there's the opportunity and it's also like a, a little bit sort of altruistic like that's that's bullshit. It's not not right. But also, there's an opportunity here. Is that and so I, I, like I assume the model is is sort of in response to o- over time seeing creators taken advantage of creators' value not being realized um, for them. And is that sort of and where do you, and like where do you see this going? Not just for you guys, but just bro- like broadly in the in the creator economy, the creator ecosystem. Is that is that something that's going to be more prevalent? There definitely is, um, I think, a, a link there, and um, I think I think for us in kind of building our our, our platform and actually having kind of control uh, of what we're building in that roadmap, I think Jonathan and I are kind of we just took the viewpoint of like if we can afford you know, creators kind of uh, you know ownership of the customer, why not? And it, to, I think to us it kind of felt like the right thing to do, and it kind of sets up for kind of better long term kind of partnership and, and alignment, you know, is. Jonathan was saying earlier, you know, that, that we want to be, you know, acting and kind of seeing as, as real 
you know, partners to the creators that we're actually working with. So I think that that's like Creator Plus. I think in 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 a broader sense, um, yeah, I think there's you know creators that are more and more mindful of uh, you know the effort kind of put in to go build these large social graphs. Uh, but then if you're kind of doing that through a third-party platform that is driven largely through a recommendation engine and algorithms, uh, you have to put extra effort then into just trying to re-engage the audience that you already put a lot of time and effort to acquire in the first place. Um, and there's a number of platforms that kind of operate that way. And so it's not just then being mindful of like acquisition marketing. You also then have to be very mindful of like, you know, how do, how do I reactivate and, and retain? But then I'm doing it on a platform that might not even be giving me all the access and tools of, of which to do that. Um, so I think there's, you know, there, there have been challenges for, for, a, for a while, you know, for my time like at YouTube and just seeing on the, you know, the advertising side, you know, the, uh, the ad rates are really kind of geared around the consumers actually watching the content. Um, but I think what it ignores is actually what it, what is a creator actually putting into the content in the first place, right? And so you could have one person spending thousands of dollars on, on original content and someone could be spending $10. Uh, but then YouTube doesn't kind of know that, and there is no you know differentiation that on the pricing uh, to then how advertisers need to kind of show up and then you know buy those pre-roll ads actually against those videos. And so in some ways it could be seen as like a deterrent, or it's just it's not really a big motivator to then want to go off and spend more money you know on content uh, unless you have some other means of, of which you can monetize that directly. So that it's 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 been a pretty common thing for I think a, a, a number of years, but I would say you know each each several years, each few few years you get new kind of creators coming into the fold, you know looking at a a generation kind of before them, uh, seeing how they're kind of doing it, and then you know maybe showing up and expecting more or new things that maybe a, a generation before was pretty content just to deal with, and so I think that's putting a lot more pressure on. On these companies and platforms, and, and actually how they're um, engaging their, their creator community and staying competitive, you know, amongst one another. Before we continue on, we mentioned Trentok is sponsoring this podcast. Fred, what does Trentok do? In a nutshell, Trentok is a handy tool that helps creators grow their TikTok accounts. It takes the guesswork out of what trend will be next, so that you can capitalize on it. The app lets creators find not only the latest trends by location, category, and sound, it can also predict how a trending sound will perform over the next week or so. Boom. You can check out Trend Talk on the App Store or in the link in the description. Let's get back into this. Like, I guess what's interesting in this space, like creator feature films or feature films featuring creators, see if I can say feature one more time, or creators, but um, a lot of the time they stink, right? Like, <laughs> Why? Like, why have they sucked in the past mostly? I'll 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 take it. I'll take a stab. And then Jonathan, if you want to add, I, something I've you know uh, observed and kind of experienced in the past is uh, I was talking before about direct to consumer, and so this this you know move from like okay I got the video and then I'm I'm selling merch or, or something else, and then you have these. Uh, notions of like, well, if I have X number of views or X number of subscribers, if I could just convert X percent, you know, then I'm going to make X. And I think then in some cases it's like, well, I want to optimize maybe on the bottom line. And so how do I, how do I just not spend any more than this? 
and you know I can then kind of make my my profits and my margins. And years ago, you know, I, I interacted with folks who were kind of looking at the space that way, and it's like I'm only going to go spend to to this level uh, because if I can get this kind of conversion, then that th that's just how how the numbers are going to work out. And there was this thought of like okay, on a transactional basis, there are no refunds. And so there's this thing of like, uh, it doesn't actually matter how good the product is, because if I can just get X percent to convert and they buy, then I can I can make my profit margins. And I remember when I was hearing that, I was like, it's a very terrible way to actually look at the consumer. And you're not going to get any like advocates of this afterwards. And if you're going into it saying I'm going to make B grade material, you know, then you're going to get that uh, you know consumer kind of reception that is equivalent to B grade material, and it's not going to be something that I would imagine people are going to go off and want to go tell friends and family, like, you should go off and watch this. And so you, you get this, like, immediate bump on that conversion, and then it just, then you got, it just tails out, right? So I think that there is that kind of attempt kind of before uh, is, is, is one thing. And I think the other side is also just how you're going about the development. So you could do features, but they could be follow docs or um, it, 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 or it's more of like this behind the scenes. I've seen a lot of these films where it's like if, if you're a very passionate fan of a certain person and I want to get deeper into their kind of story and their, their backstory, it becomes like kind of like a love letter to the to the fans. And in some cases, I've seen these where it, it's not actually that inviting into people who are not already you know, a subscriber and a fan of that creator. Uh, and it's it's done really kind of on, on an inside basis. And so which then also kind of restricts the potential audience that that the creator and, and the, the people behind that 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 uh, that film can actually go off and get. But I think that the, the, the first point that I was kind of making is something I saw before. And it was just a um, it wasn't really taken into any regard, kind of the, the script and the story and actually really trying to invest into that and, and, and do that in a, in a good way. Uh, as I was just say quickly is like, I think there was also years ago, uh, this other space kind of, of of live events and fan meet and greets and tours. And when I would talk to some people who were kind of in that space as well, it was like, who can't, you know, some were actually even telling me like, who cares what's on the show? Actually, what they're really showing up for is the fan meet and greet. Uh, and it's like, I think any other like live act, it's all about the show. And the meet and greet is a completely secondary thing. So I was like, wow, okay, these guys got this whole thing flipped around. So you just weren't having really great live shows. And because it just wasn't invested into. So again, no one's going to come out of that and then saying like, that was an amazing experience. Let me go tell friends and you know family about that and how they like missed out of this amazing show. It was more of, yeah, I've watched this person a lot and I went to go meet them. I got my selfie and that was kind of it. So I think there's some parallels there on both of those things kind of before and how people have kind of come at the market. Something that Jonathan and I talked about a lot you know, in the beginning of like, you know, let's be mindful of what's kind of come before us and let's actually try not to go down that path at all and really kind of start start with the script and start with the story and be grounded by that um, and, and go forward. You, um, I, I think you nailed it. The, 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 the points that I were going to make were really about story. Um, and, you know, as, as you sketched out many, you know, some many of the you know, things we've seen before, you know, may have been uh, motivated like, transactionally or opportunistic. And the values that Creator Plus is founded on are story, um, you know, 
diversity, transparency, innovation, and creators, you know, being creator led, like our name, Creator Plus. Um, but story is chief among that. You know, as Ben said, I, I was going to just say the, the composition of our content studio um, has world class talent in it, uh, you know, from our head to our head of development, um, as Ben said. You know, we start with scripts and writers and looking for incredible stories and then pairing them with uh, the right creator. You know, and what is that chemistry and, you know, what would be a, a powerful combination? And we're also appealing and seeking to, to only work with creators that are passionate about telling stories um, and that want to tell a long form story that are that want to take their craft to film. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Ben, uh, you know, sketch the, the creator landscape. There are many types of creators, um, and, and Ben describes it very well. But we're we're very specifically interested in the storytellers who, who within that group want to make long form, and pairing them with the, the right story, and having a world class production crew and film team around them director, producer, line director, DP, all the roles that go into it, that's, that's the setup. Many things are required to make a film not suck. Um, and, you know, one piece alone is, you know, is typically not enough, but a great story, great cast, you know, great crew making it and, you know, chemistry, they all go into it. So we're trying to stack the deck, you know, from the get go. Um, and, and yet, and still do it on a very lean budget, so so that our you know so we can bring several films to market, you know, next year. Lean for feature films, um, massive for most creators. <laughs> like, <laughs> and look, it's it, it, it's good that you're taking that approach. That um, you know, I think a lot of creators in the past have been pushed into situations they weren't necessarily comfortable with, or, or stories or ideas they didn't want to necessarily go along with, but they just felt, hey, there's a lot of more money and a lot more. Um, sort of focus on that so they went along with it um, and I, I, I like the idea of making it more about sort of their story and you mentioned that very early on it's like you know they have stories to tell and we're, you're keen to be guided by that but what happens if they come to you and say you know a big creator is like I want to tell the story of my like my goat Stanley and I really love this goat and you listen to it and you're like this sounds like a terrible concept like where, where does that line where do you draw the line and say okay look you know this we can't talk about Stanley it's just people aren't going to watch this compared to letting the creator decide which direction to go in. It, the story is primary. So we, we have to believe in both the story and the creator. Um, you know, in a, we're, we're going to green light projects that we see as having that potential to make impact, you know, and to achieve, you know, that kind of a, a quality of, you know, story of production and to resonate with an audience. So, you know, that's, that's what our studio, you know, is for. And there's a lot of, you know, taste assembled around the table. Um, so that would be an interesting one to evaluate. Stanley the goat. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a fascinating story. The other thing I was going to add to that is like that I think we, we are respectful of uh, of creators and, and, and large kind of established creators that have been successful on, on a variety of different video platforms that can actually build audience um, and, and, and meaningful engagement through the content, the stories that they're telling, although you know, they, these may be short form because of the nature of the platforms, the economics of the platforms, what they're kind of conducive for. Um, 
and but I think there's a there's a piece that you know it's been going on for you know a decade or a decade plus of you know s- some of the folks who are kind of making an impact you know in, in culture actually amongst youth you know have you know, huge amounts of kind of influence over a younger generation are are those creators who kind of helm from from these video platforms and I think there there's a kind of a desire or ambition that that we have I think from a, a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, to be kind of getting behind creators and some of the stories that, you know, can actually stand for, you know, this generation that's in front of us, but also also be generational. And so you know, Jonathan and I are both fathers and, you know, there's films that like we're introducing to our kids that like were, you know, very meaningful uh, to us, you know, when, when we were younger. And there's an aspiration that like we're, you know, wanting to get behind kind of creators and, and stories that actually can stand up over time. Um, and that are not just a fleeting thing of you know, you're going to get this pop in an opening weekend and that's kind of it. You know, I think w- we have a desire and ambition uh, to kind of get, get get behind content that can really that can resonate, that can grow. And you know, just as I've kind of seen from my experience at YouTube, there's a lot of great creators and content that years later is still getting viewed and watched. Uh, again, that's short form content, but it's like we mm-hmm. we, we want to be doing the same thing around long form and films. Yeah, awesome. With that in mind, do you see this being a um, like a bridge between, you know, the creative world and traditional uh, TV film? Like, you know, with almost not professionalizing it, but making it more palatable to the traditional space. It, it, it's 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 a step up, I think for sure. So I think Ant was kind of talking about like the the budgets, you know, that we're affording creators, you know, are literally a, a big step up from what they're kind of dealing with today you know on say a cost per minute kind of basis and um yeah so i think it, it, it is as far as there that is their ambition desire you know to kind of um take their passion projects uh and and do that well and do that in the area we we would love creator plus kind of being that that avenue for them um and so yeah there, there's elements i think of uh, you know, traditional kind of Hollywood and <clears throat> film and television production that, you know, works at a higher kind of price point. But we're also kind of recognizing some of the folks that we're working with uh, are extremely skilled and uh, talented across a variety of different a- ang- angles, you know, from a pre-production, production, post-production. They've just had to actually get their hands involved in the entire process. And they're showing up actually with a lot of that know-how and so I think it's then, again, this notion of kind of filling in the gaps. And so what what are those things that they haven't yet actually either had the resource or the budget to afford and actually kind of get involved in? And so how do we have you know, resources on our side that can be great partners in that, that bridge, yes, so to speak, and how that actually kind of comes together? If I'm picking up right what you're putting down, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like just to go back a little bit, you know, in the past – both you know these feature film plays with creators but also a lot of like creator collaborations and ventures um like you're talking about the live events they're really just leveraging off pure hardcore fandom rather than like the the outcome right and the future that you guys are putting down is this is you're seeing is something that is transcends the creator's audience the creator's fandom is that i think that's exactly (laughs) right you know we we talk about that very deliberately we you know, uh, uh, creators that we're working with have large and engaged social graphs, um, but our, our our vision is to have the film reach a much wider audience. Um, you know, it might start with you know their core you know f- fan base, and 
you know, we see, you know, a key value add that we bring to the table, you know, with marketing expertise is reaching uh, a, a much broader audience. And we're starting with global English, but we also have a vision to go international. Um, and there, there's some, you know, very interesting dynamics there. Um, you know, several of the investors in the company hail from the largest growth regions, you know, around the world. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're very interested in also going and developing local content with creators on other continents and then bringing that to a larger market as well. Yeah. I, I also, just to add to that, I think a big, I think a big plus or a big win, you know, for, for Creator Plus and the company is, you know, with the creators that we're actually partnering with that we, we are building uh, on top of their community. And so it's not, it's not this zero sum of like they show up and they have this, you know, this fan base community and it's just like, how many of those can we convert? Um, you know, I think our, our view is if we're investing into kind of great product and the product is, is the film and this IP, that IP will, will expand beyond the existing, it's like the, the early adopters are the fans. But then again, it's like, how are we actually together in partnership, actually growing that, that audience space? And at the end, as you said, like someone actually may be showing up for the film and coming away, like now I'm going to go rabbit hole this creator's YouTube channel or their TikTok feed. Uh, like, oh, I didn't realize they even had all this other content. I'm going to go deep on that. And then it kind of comes back. Right. And then it's like you get a better appreciation of that and, and from that side. So. I mean, there's things that I've kind of been involved in uh, from my time at, at YouTube that were geared actually around this notion of how, how to be additive. And it's not just uh, kind of pulling from what would already exist kind of today. We you talked about the, that revenue model, revenue share before. And, and um, I guess one of the things that we've seen, especially with the really big creators, is like sometimes they offered more traditional opportunities, but when they look at the numbers, it actually makes more sense to go back to what they're doing currently, whether it's through brand deals or working on the current platform, because they're earning so much money there that actually spending all this time doing something new isn't worthwhile for them, you know, in a purely in a monetary sense. Um, could you sort of explain like in a monetary sense how that might be worthwhile, but also are there other benefits for going down this path as well? I think a few things. I mean, I, I, I have experienced that firsthand and that I think there's been this perception for for a while, and this is going back years ago, of, oh, I can step up and in, into kind of film and television and then when they actually see what the offers are, you know, to be in a TV show and then what their, like, per episode rate is, it's like, oh, well, I can make more money on a single brand deal than all 10 episodes put together and that you're just adding a lot of complication and stress in my life. And I'll just, I'll, I'll stay where I am. Or I think for some, it actually made them better appreciate actually what they have and how good that actually is. So I think that's like from an economic standpoint. I think, again, for Creator Plus, we're, we're trying to put meaningful dollars in investment into IP. And Jonathan talked before about building IP and franchises. I think with some of that, it's like that, that also becomes additive. And so if you're already involved today in a direct-to-consumer kind of e-commerce uh, or merchandise kind of business, for, for some, it's really kind of built around their their personality. And in this case, we're actually investing in creating new IP. Uh, so th that, that's an incremental thing for them to actually now get involved in and to be participating and benefiting from. So that's one thing I would just add quickly on the commercial side. But the other piece is just coming back to something we've been saying a few times now is like passion projects. And I think for some, it's been a motivation and a desire to want to be involved 
actually in, in filmmaking and actually creating films. So there's certain stories that they want to tell, not in an episodic kind of man, manner, or just not doing through kind of short form video. And so it's like, what what is that outlet? And so I think that, that, that that's where we're kind of seeing Creator Plus kind of fits in. And we recognize it's not for everybody, but you know I think in this kind of uh, you know, ecosystem of, of creators, there's qu- quite a lot of creators and you know they, they have different motivations and desires, but those that are you know, real creatives and storytellers, there's a lot for us to kind of, you know, be working with for, for many years to come. There's also a key aspect to the economic model that we're offering, which is different from many deals out there and that it's uncapped. So there's no limit to how much a creator can earn in a film because they're sharing half of the back end. And, you know, sometimes deals are, you know, a flat fee up front, or it could be cost plus, meaning, there's a budget and they get a percentage of, you know, of, of that budget and that's it. Um, so having, you know, the uncapped back end, we think aligns the creator with us and, you know, really secures, the, you know, that, that interest and that excitement around getting the word out, um, you know, to their audience and beyond, you know, and so we're, we're partners in doing that. Um, you know, when we model it out, it's, uh, I think it's a very meaningful monetary opportunity, you know, for creators. Um, and the, the, the arc of working on a film for a long term is also, you know, in stark contrast to the daily or weekly grind of doing the short form content. And, you know, we're, we're excited to afford that relief to a creator that can just dig in and go deep on a single project. Um, with the same or better earning, you know, potential that it would take with, you know, doing short form the whole time. And look, you mentioned that it's not for everyone. Um, obviously, you want to deal with creators who have that audience as well to, to leverage that. But is it also open to smaller creators who have really good stories? But like, who, who is it basically open to is what I'm asking. I, I, I think it would be fantastic for Creator Plus to, yeah, to be an avenue I mean, I think for, for there are really gifted, creative people that I've you know come across and worked with when I was at YouTube that didn't have actually large subscriber bases, and in some cases because they didn't want to become a daily vlogger or you know do weekly uploads, and it, the kind of work that they wanted to do, it took a lot more time and effort to kind of in pre-production or and and to produce that, um, and, or it just it takes a, lo- a lot longer for them to kind of build up, and so I think we have a. A desire kind of over um, you know the, the growth of creator plus that you know the company can actually you know be a space for those people to you know come and, and work with us uh, and not just limited to people that have you know some large kind of existing kind of subscriber base and that becomes the only kind of point of entry into collaboration now the other thing I would say is that like uh, you know a film production you know, well, it, 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 it's a large kind of group effort. And so I think we also want to see how Creator Plus and the films that we're financing and producing, you know, becomes an avenue for people that work in special effects, people that work in music and scoring or, uh, you know, curating music and soundtrack, uh, costume, makeup. You know, there's a whole host of creators actually that exist today across different platforms that actually have a lot of skills in these areas, uh, but may never have actually had an opportunity to go work on a film set. And so I think we want to see how they can also be part of this process as well. 
and it's not just like one person who is getting this benefit and but we're trying to see like how is this a um how is credit plus kind of actually spawning its own ecosystem in, in a way you know for people that want to participate in in in, in this uh in this creative endeavor mm. i mean look, we know we know a lot of creators and and the people who work with them who are very excited about the prospect of you know film or working with something bigger and it, it is it's something some often very inspirational to, to have that there. So I can see how that's um, beneficial, but also in generally growing the creator economy, offering those that multitude of options is, is something beneficial as well. So look, hey, we're all for anything that, that grows that. Um, it's, is it fair to say that this platform is, is trying to be the Netflix before the creator economy or for creators? I think we're trying to be something new. I think, you know, in our vision, we are creating that ecosystem for you know, for digital storytellers, for young storytellers, for a new class of talent that can have a place to to showcase their talent, to to bring their art to life and to engage in it. I mean, you know, Ben Ben said spawn an ecosystem. You know, in success, we've created the opportunity for for a, such a wide variety of of talent to have livelihood, to have careers all around film. And we're we're leaning into creators as a talent pool um, in, in a way that we haven't seen, you know, happen before, you know, not, not having been embraced, you know, by Hollywood or traditional. And we see the talent there and that capability. And, you know, so we're building a platform, you know, we, we raised capital so we can invest in films to prove this model and say, look, you know, here are young digital storytellers, creators, and we think they're going to be very capable and, and you know, impactful filmmakers. Um, and there's, there's one other thing I, I want to add, which is, you know, back to a value that I mentioned, and it's, it's something else that we're leaning into, and that's diversity. And, you know, Ben and I recognize that the young audiences today, 13 to 29-year-olds, uh, you know, who are where creators are their stars and, you know, the most influential. And, you know, I see that in my home with my young son. I know Ben sees that with his children. The audiences are diverse and they care about diversity and the creators themselves are diverse and also have diverse stories to tell. And a creator plus value is to, to champion and embody that both in our example, in our own composition and the stories we tell and the story tellers that we work with. Um, so, we're we're trying to do things a little differently. Yeah, awesome. I've got a couple of quick quick fire ones to, to throw at you. Um, everyone's going hot for short, 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 ultra short video. You guys are going the other other way. Um, are you, is it, like what what do you guys think of of that? Are you sort of you're okay with that? <laughs> the trend's going. I I don't think it's either or. You know, I mean, I love the you know, I, I love watching super short videos myself. I love TikTok. I love the talent that it showcases. And I know lots of people that love ultra short form content and they also love movies. So I think I think there's certainly room for this entire spectrum. Oh, I totally agree, but you know, elephant in the room. Um the other thing is like how many how many video platforms do you think we can handle as humans? Um as like all the different video platforms. Is there a is there a cap? Is there a limit? Like, are we having, are we going to niche down and then have a great amalgamation, um, 
and everything comes back together. Everyone splits off their IP and brings it back. I'm super curious. I mean, I, did, I mean, I, on, a, on a macro level, there's like two two billion plus, you know, consumers uh, watching online video across different platforms, and so I, I think there's one way I was thinking about the question answering it is the sustainability of the companies themselves, like how many companies can financially sustain their model and, and exist. But I think on the consumer side, there is, as Jonathan was just saying earlier, there is massive diversity in, you know, interests. And so I think as much as, you know, there's different video kind of platforms serving a lot of those different interests or super serving that, you can continue to actually have new markets and models. I think then just on the company side, can they actually get a large enough user base to sustain themselves with whatever financial model they have? You know, I think there's like how, how many SWOD services would can consumers kind of, you know, have and subscribe to? It's like, okay, if you've had the cable bundle and you moved off of that, but now I subscribe to eight different SVODs. Like, am I actually paying as much, if not more, than what I was paying for cable in the first place? Right. So I think there's a limit there of how many SVODs you kind of have. Um, you know, I think then on the ad-supported side, it's just is it economical? I think for the company to kind of exists, but there's no cost to the consumer. And I think we're 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 right there in the middle. You know, we're we're not AVOD and we're not SVOD. We're we're premium VOD. So that 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 premier transactional window. Um, and so, and again, leading in with, with, you know, what we believe we're going to be producing is, is great product, great content, um, and, and super serving that to, to our target consumers. And we, look, we also know that content drives subscriptions, right? I mean, you know, people sign up for us, any given platform when they know it has the content that they love on it. And, you know, our, our intent is to bring out new content and, you know, starting with a creator's audience and then much, much wider than that, we're, if we have compelling content, I think our model is going to, you know, have a good chance of surviving and thriving. Cool. And I did lie. I said two last quick questions, but I have two I'll roll together because, hey, I've got the microphone um, and Fred's just like, uh. um, real quick, how much content do you want to make? If you And and two, if like a creator is like looking at this or listening to this, how the hell do they get in touch with you? Like, is that open yet? Uh, great questions. Um, first, the answer is uh, we're putting we're putting several projects into production this year, and we will start uh, we'll start releasing films at the end of next year. I'm sorry, at the end of, of Q1. So in Q1 of next year, we'll have our first film out. Uh, keep your ears open. In, in just a few weeks, we're, we'll be announcing some news about it. Um, and next year, we plan on having six films throughout the course of the year, and we'll grow from there. But we'll probably, ca- you know, probably settle in at ten to twelve films per year, which is a lot. Um, and uh, you know, for people to get in touch with Creator Plus or our studio, they can simply send an email to careers at creatorplus.com or check us out via our website. Awesome, hey. creatorplus.com. You alluded to something in a few weeks, Jonathan. You want to give us a red hot scoop? Uh, hot scoop is stay tuned for a few weeks. <laughs> Come on, I had to ask. I had to ask. As Fred likes to say, Fred, I'll let you say it. We've run out of time. Well, we've uh, run out of time, guys. Because <laughs> Ant's gone over. 
Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Um, this is a, a, a super interesting space, and I'm really keen to see what happens next. So, um, yeah, we'll be tracking it closely. Thanks, guys, for having us. Thank you both. Yep, appreciate it. Create a generation. Look on the mic.